welcome to track number four of Where is the Flock that is given thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, what a blessing we have again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to share with you core areas you must develop, all right, if you are going to be a shepherd of um, 2010 people. The main areas of your life I need you to develop. Amen. Amen. We all have different areas of our lives. When you are going to get married, you have to develop different areas, especially if you are a lady. How to wake up early. Is it not true? How to be tidy. Clean the house. How to cook. How to have sex. How not to be irritated. Isn't it? So there are different areas you have to develop. Is that not so? If you are a brother, you have to develop how to provide. You can't sit there for a woman to provide for you. Are you a lion? It's lions that the women go hunting and the, the males are in the house. Is it not true? Resident lions. So, number one, to become a leader and a powerful shepherd of 10, at least 50, 100, or 1,000, you must develop the ability to fight. 1 Timothy 1.18 It says, This charge I commit thee, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou mightest by them war a good warfare. Alright? War a good warfare. So, fighting and warring a good warfare is one of the things you need to develop. So, all of you need to get a book, A Good General. That book is about fighting. All right, warfare is not only for um, civil wars, rebels, terrorists, but Christians who are fighting to take territory for God. Now, when I was coming here, Pastor Mandla was showing me the different areas of Vintuk, Datutura, is it? Dakutura. Katutura, Katutura, and where? Orlando Park, Dorando Park, Omastal, Komasdal, and so many places. And we were discussing where we are going to build our cathedral headquarters. Now, the problem is that Satan doesn't want us to build another church. He wants us to build another nightclub. Is that not so? Do you have nightclubs here? He wants us to build another nightclub, another place for drinking, fooling, smoking, doing bad things. Do you see? So he's going to 
fight it. Now, in the spirit, there are all sorts of creatures that are fighting uh, whatever we are doing. They are opposing. To oppose opposition is from an, a, another, it's a compound word that means the opposite position. So now I have taken a position to build a church in Namibia and Satan has taken the opposite position which is to not build a church in Namibia. That is what it means to have an adversary. Somebody who is against your position. And that's why it's a terrible thing in marriage when uh, a husband and wife have opposite positions on everything. When I take this position as the head of the house, you take the opposite position as the person who is not the head. And then we're always having quarrels. So anytime you see a couple that are not flowing and are not doing well, it is because they have opposite positions on everything. They have opposite positions. A topic, whatever is the topic, you have an opposite position. If it's about children, opposite position. If it's about sex, opposite position. If it's about the house, opposite position. If it's about a job, opposite position. If it's about church, if it's about somebody, if it's about a person that you are discussing, you have the opposite positions. And so there's never a free flow. You know. So as we are here, you know, Satan wants to prevent us. He's a preventer, an opposite position master. He's the master of whatever you decide. His work is to oppose. You know? I'm sure that if, if we even decided to build a nightclub, he would oppose us. Yeah. That's his position. It's opposite to whatever we are doing. <laughs> yes. Alright? But God is giving us the power. And in Deuteronomy 2.24, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, it says, Rise ye up and take your journey and pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given into thine hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. I've given you Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Alright? So God says, I've already given it to you. Now what should you do? Begin to possess it and contend with him in the land. Hallelujah. This is what God is asking us to do. He says, I've given you the land. So, your, your duty is begin to possess the land and contend with the enemy in battle, fighting. Now, yesterday, I began the fight by having a meeting with the pastors to explain how many of us, all of us must be lay pastors so that it helps us to save money. That's a fight. For a pastor to be a lay pastor, you know, that means that you work in the secular world and the money you get, you pay tithes and at the same time you do the work. Do you understand? 
And as you do the work, you build up money and you increase the congregation. We still take offerings, tithes. We have the money. Then we can get a place. And, and Namibia is more expensive than South Africa. I've been told. The land is only, only a land is six million. Only the land, not any building. Huh? Before you even start building. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's a fight. There's a fight from beginning to end. And everybody must join in the fight. We must be united. Because we are building two cathedrals at the same time. Vintuk and what's it called? Ab- Walvis Bay. Yeah. We cannot stay in this country without building church buildings. Yes. We cannot do that. It's not going to happen. And it, it's a fight. You know, nothing is going to be given. Here you are. Satan doesn't just run away. He fights and fights and fights and fights. We also have to fight. That's why I see loyalty and disloyalty is a very important message because it is a strong militarized message that does not have time for disloyalty. If you are some way out, yes, there's no room for benevolence with wicked people, traitors and liars. Are you with me? So, Christians who are too peace-oriented cannot do well when we are trying to march on. Amen. This church did not exist before. We moved here intentionally. We came here intentionally to start churches. We sent people to Bible school intentionally. We pay a lot of money to fly them, bring them, train them, look after them, bring them back. It's not a small thing. It's a continuous battle. And now that we are on the ground here, we are fighting to get more members and increase everybody 10 people at least. You can't stay in the church without having members, without being a shepherd. And somebody said, oh, we, we, we just want a church. We don't want to all these things you are saying. Then you, maybe you should find another church. I think I, maybe, you see, they are all different. Type. You can Google churches which help you to be rich on the internet. Google it right now. Churches will help you to be rich in, the, in Namibia. You go to that church and get money. Do you understand? If you even get the money, that is the question. Yes. If that is what you want, you can Google it. How can I find a church that can help me to get money in, in Vintook? And then go there. Here, our master secret is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things which people are dying for will be given unto you will be added that's our secret here so we believe that as you work and as you serve the Lord Bible says and you shall serve the Lord and he shall bless your bread and your water so as you serve the Lord he will bless you as you serve the Lord he will bless you as you serve the Lord he will bless you you shall serve, he shall bless. Everybody say, you shall serve, he shall bless. Say it again. You shall serve, he shall bless. Yes. You shall serve the Lord and he shall bless. Amen. So, I'm going to give you some homework for the whole church. You know, recently I had a convention in um, the Kodesh and uh, 
the topic was um, he that he that reapeth receiveth wages. All right, I'm I'm going to give you that as your homework. And in Namibia, I want everybody to soak it in about twenty times. Amen. And I know that he's going to bless you mightily. Alright, so make sure you get those messages. Everybody in the church should listen to it. Exodus 23, 25. Exodus 23, 25. And it says, Exodus 23, 25. You shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless he shall bless you shall serve the Lord your God he shall bless thy bread thy water and will I will take sickness away from the midst of thee so it's a simple formula you shall serve the Lord he shall bless yes amen so arise Amen. Go into the city. See, I have given you to you Sihon the Amorite, the king of Hezbon, Deuteronomy 2.24, and his land. I have given you this man who is a king, and I have given you his land. Amen. Arise and begin to possess the land. Okay? And fight with him. I mean, I didn't write the Bible. It says, contend with him. Like, fight with the man. <laughs> you know, there are all this, any war, somebody starts it. And we are starting the war here. Yeah, it's like we are starting the quarrel. Yes, because God has told us to arise. Now, this verse is talking about a man called Sihon. Sihon the Amorite who, who is a king okay and this king is the king of Hezbon and he has land we need the land <laughs> yes do you want the land in Namibia do you want to have your church sitting there as a yes amen so the first thing is rise up Take your journey and pass over, cross the river Anon. That's why somebody wrote a book, Rivers You Must Cross. Yes. Pass over the river Anon. Okay? And when you pass over the river Anon, it says, Behold, or see it in the spirit. See, behold means see it in the spirit. You see the word behold? Yeah. I have given into thine hand Sihon the Amorite, this man, the Amorite, who is the king of Hezbon. He is a king. And I've given you the king and his land, the, the, the two. Hey! <laughs> begin to possess, the, begin to take ownership. And fight with him. Fight. You start fighting. 
quarreling for the land. For the man and his land. We need the land. Yes. Amen. So, now notice, he says, rise ye up. Rise ye up, shepherds. All phlegmatics, rise ye up. Is it clear? Phlegmatics love sleeping. (laughs) Phlegmatics love sleeping. Rise ye up is the first word of this sentence. Phlegmatism Rise ye up Wake up Amen So all phlegmatics Be healed of phlegmatism Phlegmatics come on the scene, the main thing they do is start blaming others. Because they are late. Because they are late, because they haven't worked, because things are falling apart, and somebody needs to be blamed for this. And the whole thing comes down to them. Phlegmatics are the greatest excuse givers. Anytime I hear somebody giving an excuse or a reason, why something is not working it immediately occurs to me that it must be a phlegmatic I will ask some more questions and find out that it's a phlegmatic they don't like to get up they sleep a lot a mobile Rise ye up. Then, number two, take your journey or start the long process. You see, the process to getting to the land is a journey. And that's the journey. Even to get the land, we have been here for 14 years. But now we are seriously aiming for something. And even that is a journey. Rise ye up, take your journey, pass over the river. Now, a river presents a major problem for any army because you have to cross with all your troops, equipment, those who can swim, those who can swim, with your guns, your food, ammunition, drinking water, everything have to cross. So anytime there is a river, you have a problem. And so even in the Second World War, after the, they crossed over the sea to come to Europe to invade Hitler, they, that was June 96, 1944. By December, the war would have been over. But just after crossing the channel from the beginning of France to Germany are rivers 
a lot of rivers that they had to cross. And that's where they were really slowed down for about six months. Yeah. And Germans fought at the rivers, blew up all the bridges. And there's a river that marks the boundary to Germany. And they fought and fought them for every river, every crossing. So even though they, they, they started the invasion from 6th of June, it was only the next year in May that they were able to get there. But they, they would have finished. Everybody thought they were, they, the, the war was going to be over by December. But they were, they were delayed by the river. But you see, a, a phlegmatic will, will explain, you know, the river is really crocodile, this, that, whatever. Yes. And so, and so, it's very important. Are, Namibia, are there a lot of phlegmatics in Namibia? Is this the headquarters of phlegmatism? I hear the founder of phlegmatism is here. Then this scripture is going to be your memory verse for this camp meeting. Rise ye up. Take your journey. Two, three, pass over the river Anon. Four, behold. You see, four, see in the spirit what God has given you. Behold, I have given unto you into thine hand Sihon the Amorite, a person. You see, he's a person. Yes, God gives us people. Yes, there are people, strategic people, important people, souls, human beings, even wicked people are going to bow to you. Behold, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, the king of Hezbon and his land. See what God has given you. So as we've come here, we are sharing with you Exodus 18, 21 about God has given us tens, fifties, hundreds, thousands. See it. See it. Believe it. We will not be less than 2,000 in this country. Not less than than 2,000 members in the whole country. I'm telling you. Lighthouse cannot be less than 2,000 members in this country. No, no, never. Can never be possible after this meeting. Behold, see it. See it. Do you believe it? Do you see it? See, I have given you. And your husbands are in those two thousands. Yes. Your husbands are in those two thousands. Your wives are in those two thousands. Your employers are in those two thousands. Your businesses are in those two thousands. Your prosperity is in those two thousands. The church is the most wonderful organization and organism that exists in the whole world. The church is a very powerful thing. And you see, the few of you who have taken it very seriously, gone to Bible school, gone to whatever, you see, their lives change. They look like for different type of people. Your pastors, Mandla and Lucy, and they, they look like as if they are from a different country. But they are, these are, they are normal Namibians. They are normal Namibians. When you take this thing seriously, it, the transformation is fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Look at me here. I should have been in consulting room two or consulting room one. Seeing somebody with rashes, my hair is paining me, 
my this place is itching, my hair is a pain. That's all. The whole day I will be looking at uh, rashes. Oh, please. Next, next, everyone comes. My here, my this, my that. Oh. Begin to possess it and contend. Tell your neighbor, we are going to fight. The good fight. Are you ready to fight? Yes. The winner takes all. And when you win, when we win this fight, we are taking over. Amen. I said we are taking over. Amen. A small one of you will be so important in town, you, you can't even believe it. Yes. It will be so important. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So that is the first area that you need to develop. Fighting. If you are going to be. And there are just seven areas. Number two. You must develop your conscience. It says, Now the end of the commandment, First Timothy 1 5, is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Alright? Now, your conscience in First Timothy 1 again, verse 19, it says, Holding faith and a good conscience. Alright? Which some have been put away concerning faith have made shipwreck or disaster. Disaster comes to those who put away their conscience. What is your conscience? Your conscience is your internal warning system. You see, as I'm standing here and I'm preaching, it's an external warning system. But you need an internal warning system that warns you and guides you in matters that have to do with faith. Because faith you can't see. But you must believe. So many people don't have the internal warning system. So when you have your internal warning system is off, then what happens is that when your phlegmatism is in full bloom and you are sleeping, you just say... Oh, <laughs> waiting man no see before. It's okay. We'll be okay. We'll be all right. You know, and, 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 and then if you are a man and you are so phlegmatic and lazy and you don't rise up, you force the woman that you've married to sometimes feel like insulting you. That's like, don't you have sense? Can't you see that you should get up? Can't you see that you have to work? Can't you see that something bad is happening? Can't you see that you need to mobilize and get up and move? Ah, It's very bad. You see, but in matters of faith, it's only your conscience. As I'm here, it takes my conscience to bring me to Namibia. That why have you not gone to Namibia to go and see your Namibian children? Yes. If, If you put away conscience, you know, that is no one from conscience is nobody says anything from outside. But you yourself in your heart, your heart smites you and say, No, I have to do this. When it comes to tithes, 
If you put away your conscience, you will never pay tithes. It's only the internal warning system that can make you to pay tithes. When you are doing something wrong, it's only the internal warning systems within you that can make you do what is right. When you marry, you can have marriage counseling for nine years. But when you actually are in the room with your wife or your husband, it's only the internal conscience that can tell you to do what is right. And unfortunately, people don't, the conscience is not working. And they make, the word is shipwreck, which is an old word for disaster. They make disaster of Christianity. Disaster of their marriages. Disaster of their ministry. Disaster because your internal warning systems and internal checks are switched off. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy and said, my friend, hold on to your faith and a good conscience. When you leave this conscience aside, because when we finish this camp, everybody's going to go in his room. When we leave here, you can go to your room and be watching pornography till the morning, doing whatever you want to do. You can go and commit fornication, adultery, whatever. No one is with you. And so if the internal checks are not there, the internal check works for a short time. After that, you can go back to your boyfriend and do whatever you want to do with him. And come and sit here and look like an angel. Yeah. Because no one is in the room with you to say, hey, hey, stop it, stop it. No. Put on your panties back. No one, no one is going to be there to you. One, a certain pastor, he told me his wife you see, because this wife, because he was a senior pastor, no one could speak to the wife. A senior pastor's wife, no one can talk to them. She was doing whatever she wanted. So when her husband wanted to have sex with her, she would charge him. Like he should pay. All my stories are true. All my stories are true. The ones that are not true, I'll tell you that it's not true. Entry fee. Gate fee. Gate fee. And I've had more than I've had more than one pastor telling me. Another man of God was telling me that his wife, yes, his wife filled out, she, she, she took a checkbook and she filled out everything and hid the checkbook by in the bed. So when the husband was coming, just at a particular crucial moment, she produced the checkbook, which has already said, sign, just sign here first before you come in. All my stories are true. Entry fee. This gets fee. <laughs> yeah. So, but you see, when you are in your room, shh, when you are in your room doing whatever you are doing, only there's only one check. It's called conscience. Ah, conscience. Once you put aside conscience, as soon as we leave this camp, 
You're just going back to your disastrous phlegmatism. You sleep away all the camp. You sleep off the camp. You sleep off the word. You sleep off the messages. You sleep off the podcast. When you hear the message, just sleep it off. Then you are back to a crocodile. Sleeping for one year. That's the second area you need to develop. Area number three is godliness. Yes. Verse 6, 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. Thou, O man of God, thou, O man of God, flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Huh? Flee these things. Follow righteousness. Follow godliness. You know, you, you may not understand the role of godliness in ministry. You see, the ministry is a house. You see, Jesus said, Whosoever hears my words and doeth them, I will tell you who he is like. So when you hear these words and you are trying to do them, I'll tell you what you are like. You are like a man trying to build a house on a rock. So everybody who is obeying the word of God is trying to build his house or trying to build a house for God on a rock. But the danger of building of building a house is when you are not building on a rock. And what you are building on is spot. Do you see? Because when you build there, because every, everything must always be built on rock. That's why tall buildings, you see them dig a very deep hole. Huge hole. And then they build from down so that the whole building you see is on a rock. They make the rock of iron and steel and concrete. And they mix it all up and it becomes a very hard rock so that the building can stand. Now, when what is under is not there and it's sand or something else, the whole thing doesn't, it just crumbles. It comes down. So, you must know, my dear friend, that godliness is the foundation, is the under. Most godly things you can't see. I can't see godliness on you. I can't see righteousness. I I I I don't know godliness, righteousness, faith, patience, love. I can't see it on your face. I can't, I can't see meekness. I can see you sitting here, but I can't see meekness. I've learned not to trust people's meek-looking faces. Your meek-looking face may not mean much in the reality. One day I saw a, a, a brother. He had a nice, plump, jolly beloved. We have something we call jolly plump. There are people who are nice and round and jolly. Yes, he had a nice, jolly, plump beloved. Are you, are you there or you are going home? Yes. Nice and round. It's called Jolly Plump. And he decided to leave Jolly Plump and went for this beauty cat. Who walks like this? Very fantastic. Hey! So, 
Jolly Plump was disappointed and crying every day because his beloved has seen this beautiful cat and has gone to marry her and gone for her. So they got married. I didn't know all these things. I found out later. So after he married her, then about three months after the marriage, I saw the two of them sitting down in the church for counseling. So I was worried that the marriage counseling has it changed from, or maybe they didn't finish before. <laughs> but how can the marriage counseling be on just three months after the marriage? Yeah. You see, the cat that he has gone for was now showing her cat's paws. Yes. And so they, they, were, they were there for counseling. Hey! Counseling was not easy. Every Sunday they were doing counseling. Crisis upon crisis upon crisis. That's where I, and she was a beauty. She was a beauty. You know, the jolly plump was nice and jolly and plump. And a nice person. And this one was like an exquisite beauty with special steps. The steps of a leopard. The steps of a, I mean, I, I, I don't know what cheetah. Yeah, cheetah, beautiful, elegant. Just like a Mercedes Benz. Huh? Yes. Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes Benz. Mercedes was named, the man who invented the Mercedes Benz, named it after his daughter. That was called Mercedes. He called it Mercedes. Elegant. Steps. But it's not all that glitters that is gold. Yeah. So, brothers and sisters, you can't see godliness and righteousness on the outside. Yes. You can't see it on the outside. You see it in reality. But God sees that. So, you'll be trying to build. Many times you see churches that are not working. There's something wrong with the pastor. That's what I've noticed. There's something wrong with the guy. <laughs> so, you know, as I come here and I say, well, is the church working? How many members do you have? This, this, that. You know, I've learned that there's something wrong. So I, I look at people with my mind that there's something wrong. Maybe just like matter of some other problem. I've found pastors to be thieves. See how the man is a thief. Some are fornicated. I remember one pastor, he had, a, he had a, another family. Apart from his wife, he has another family. Yeah. Different things, but there's always something. There's always something behind the curtain. Yeah, that's, that's going on. And, but you can't see it on the outside. So to become a real shepherd, you must clear up the skeletons in your closet. Yes. Wipe them out. Open it up. Spring cleaning call pastors to come and help you to do the cleaning and clear it out. You can't have everything you used to have before in the world. Whatever you used to, you can't, you can't be the same. So I used to have this boyfriend and I have this. You can't have it all now. You can have a husband, but you can't have a boyfriend. Yeah. You can have a beloved, not a boyfriend. A beloved is somebody you don't sleep with. Boyfriend you sleep with. How many have had boyfriends before? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm surprised you are not lifting your hand very high into the sky. Are you trying to pretend to me or what? 
Are you trying to increase your sins? You are here, yes. So, so you have to you have to rise up. You have to rise up and decide that you are going to build your house on a rock, on a solid, solid, solid rock. Take away all forms of ungodliness, things that are not straightforward in your life. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, do you have anything that is not straightforward in your life? What did they say?
certain man he had to son. The younger said to him, give me my portion. I want to leave home now. He began to have a lot of fun with many beautiful girls. Oh yeah. But one day there was a crisis. The young man lost everything and he had to feed the pigs. Nobody gave to him his whole life was destroyed. So what are you gonna Spiritual pursuits. First Timothy six eleven. Pursuits like you must pursue certain spiritual things. Flee from these things. If you're going to have ten minimum ten people, you must flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, amen, love, perseverance, gentleness. Okay, so. You must, alright, give yourself to follow and chase after. Things are not going to come to you. Okay? You cannot just sit down. Things are not just going to be brought to you because you want them to be given to you and you are desiring them in your heart. Alright? So that's very important. And um, you must pursue. You must travel. If you have to go to Ghana for Bible school, go. Don't be sitting there and, you know, making excuses. All right? Making excuses all the time. Okay? You got to rise up and pursue. Luke 16, 16. One of my important and favorite verses also Luke 16, 16 it's Luke 16 that you have the story of the what's his name, the part, this rich man and whatever, but this one says the law and the prophets were until John 
Alright, since that time the kingdom of God is preached. And every man presseth into it. Every man presses. If you don't press, you are not going to enter anything. Phlegmatics don't press. They rest and they sleep. And they come up with excuses and start shouting at everybody. Trying to create an aura as though somebody has not done. But it's you didn't wake up early. This is the main thing. You didn't wake up. You didn't pray. Yes. You were late. You didn't do what you had to do. You haven't cooked for the whole house. The whole house is in disarray because you just haven't organized. You've not moved. There's poverty all around. You didn't change the bulbs. That's why the house is in darkness. So you are insulting people, shouting at things. Everything is from you. Yes. Amen. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the kingdom of God is preached. Every man presses into it. That's why the man by the pool of Bethesda could not be healed. He wasn't pressing. He was waiting. The Bible doesn't talk about waiting for miracles. It says the working of miracles. Not the waiting for miracles. The working of miracles. Miracles are worked out. Yes. Miracles. No, you don't wait for. You work it out. The working of miracles. So the miracle of the church buildings and the church here is not something that's so wow, God came. It's something that's being worked out. People are being sent to Bible school from Namibia. Monies are being spent. People are intentionally moving from South Africa or from wherever to Namibia. People are actually living here, doing intentionally. Amen. Because the Bible says the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And every man, in the nature of it, is pressing. Rise ye up. Take your journey. Amen. Pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given unto you Sihon, the Amorite, the king of Hezbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. Get up. Get up. Rise ye up. Amen. Get up. Stand up. Fight a good fight. Amen. That's the nature of the kingdom. Are you ready for it? And God is saying, pursue things. It's not going to come to you. You've got to chase it. If I want a mouse, I have to chase it. If I want a snake, I have to chase it. If I want anything, I have to follow it. Miracles are worked. You don't wait for. The law and the prophets are until John. Since then, the kingdom of God is preached. Every man presses, 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 presses. Rise ye up. Take your journey. 
Start the long process. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yes. Solve the problems. Pass over the river anon. Look. Behold, I have given you. Deuteronomy 2.24 is like a master uh, wonder scripture that contains almost everything a person must do in the ministry. Get up. Take your journey. Pass over the river. Cross, solve the problems. Get up. Start the process. Pass over the river. Solve the problems. Behold, I have given you Sion the Amorite, king of Hezbon and his land. Begin to possess and start the fight. That's it. The kingdom, the law and the prophets are until John. Since then, the kingdom of God is preached. Every man presseth. Are you fantastically blessed? Are you amazingly blessed? Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to fight? Wow. Amen. Number five, shepherds must develop their gifts. How many are going to develop your gifts? If you want to do well, you must develop your gifts. Now, neglect 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands. In other words, neglect not the gift. People have gifts and that the gifts are neglected. Don't neglect your gift. I will blame myself for 14 years. I've neglected you in Namibia. I blame myself. You are also my gift that God has given me. So now I'm not neglecting you again. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Because when you neglect something, it, it becomes what it's not supposed to become. It, it becomes something, you wonder, why is it like that? Why is it like that? Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Look, any time you go near a gifted person, close, get close to a gifted person, you'll always be confused. Do you know why? Do you know why? You sure you don't know why? You will not be sure whether the person is gifted anymore. Do you know why? Because you will not be sure whether the person just works hard or has a gift. This is, this is a mystery of getting close to a gifted person. Yeah. Yes. They, when a gifted person is using a gift, it's because the gift is not neglected. So you you never be sure when you are near a gifted person. Uh, is this person gifted or just works hard all the time? Yes. And I remember the day I watched a documentary about Michael Jackson 
and they showed how he was making some songs and the producer came to visit him and when he got there in the night he was in the studio alone adjusting the music and working all the time yeah and you don't know is the person gifted or is working hard so I, if I come close to you what will I see Will I see somebody working very hard, neglecting his gift, or working on the gift? Yes. As I'm here, I'm working on my gift. I'm working on my gift of church planting. I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm using my, my teaching gift. He said, he gave me a gift from today you can teach. And that's what I'm using. And the teaching gift is in different areas for different things. But I'm teaching. Right now I'm using that gift. From today you can teach. I use my gift almost every day. And I'm working on my gift to make things better. So those of you who say God has called you to preach and you can't get an opportunity to preach, the more you preach, the better you'll be at preaching. Yes. And you have more things you can do. Yes. So from today, decide any gift in you. All of you who say you are singers and you don't sing. You are dancers and you don't dance. You are preachers and you don't preach. God has called you and you don't go to Bible school. You will not give yourself holy. At a point, we don't know what you are doing. Yes. And you can never make the maximum impact because you don't use your gift. Yeah. Some of you say you are computer scientists. Danny Boy is a computer scientist as well. He uses gift. He makes all the music. He's a musician, but he makes all the music. What you hear, he's the one making it. He's our producer. Yes, he's a music maker. Number six. You must develop loyalty, faithfulness. Amen. If you are going to do well in the ministry, you must develop loyalty. Loyalty and faithfulness. Faithful means to be constant. Constant. Amen. Constant means you are dependable. You go where you are told to go. And you preach what you are told to preach. You do what you are told. We've told you, rise ye up. Will you do it? Take your journey. Will you do it? Will you start the process? Pass over the river Anon. Will you do it? That we solve the problem. Difficult. Don't tell us the reason why it's not working. Never tell us some people come this week, next week they don't come. This week, in Namibia they are like this. Don't say it at all. Just pass over the river and tell us. Call us from the other side of the river and say, look, I'm on the other side of the river. Don't call us. Tell us the river is flowing today. It's over flooded. The rainy season was very high and there are no boats and the boat is crossed and it's very expensive to cross and we don't have a big enough boat and most of our members cannot swim. There are no life jackets. Don't tell us all these stories, please. Cross the river and call us from the other side that you are on the other side. 
pass over the river Arnon. Behold, I have given you Sihon the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, and his land. Hey, is this a memory verse I gave you? Yes. This is your memory verse. Yes, for this camp. Yes. <laughs> king of Heshbon and his land. Begin to possess and fight him. <laughs> He's going to find you quarrelsome. Fighting starter of fights. Hey! There are people who always start fights and people who defend themselves. You are going to be a starter of fights. Faithful. Go where you are told to go and preach what you are told to preach. Amen. And number seven. Develop the ability to be an, a good example. Amen. Let no man despise thy youth. Verse Timothy 4 verse 12. But be thou an example. An example. Be thou an example. An example of going where you are told to go. Doing what you are told to do. Preach what you are told to preach. Having maximum impact. People should use you as a good example. Instead of using you as a joke, use you as an example of a bad thing that is not working. They'll use you as an example. Do you see that sister? Do you see that brother who went to Bible school? You see how the church is working? You see that guy as a good example? People will say that, I want to be like this man who went to the Bible school. I want to be like this sister. Well, I've seen that she has sense. Be thou an example of the believers. Mandla and Vuyo, be a good example of brothers who are good pastors like John Wesley and Charles Wesley is a good example. These are brothers but they are pastors and they are faithful. They are good people doing the work of God. Be a good example so that all of you who say I want me and my sister to also be in the church. I want me and my brother to also be good in the church. I want my sister and my, uh, to be, I want all of us to be good example of two brothers, two sisters, twins, brother and sisters, brother and brother, sister and sister, a good example, John Wesley and Charles Wesley. A good example of people that have made maximum impact. And finally, pastors must develop an all-out attitude. Yes. But before we get to the all-out attitude, you must make maximum impact. Called from God the other day. I was just a young person. He spoke to me and said, My child, you are mine. You must work and you must preach. Do you know the secret of prosperity? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Wow. All these things that people seek for, I will give them 
to preach have the maximum impact. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Congratulate your neighbor and say you'll be congratulated after this camp always for your maximum impact you are having in life and in the ministry. You'll be congratulated from this camp onwards. Yes. You you'll be you'll be hearing it. Congratulations. 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 You'll be hearing it. It will be common in your life. When you hear the word congratulations, you will turn and see that it is you they are talking to. Now, the last point in this very important core areas that you must develop are the area of having an all-out attitude. Yes. Till I come, First Timothy 4. These are things that Paul wrote to Timothy and told him. These are core areas you must develop. And he said, give thyself holy. He says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands. Meditate upon these things and give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear unto all. Amen. Amen. Give thyself wholly. Now you see, I want you to know that giving yourself wholly to God and to the church is the best thing you can ever do. Giving yourself partly it's not going to get you the results. There are some things that don't work with a half-hearted push. You've got to push it all out. Amen? I don't know if you've ever used an old car before, but I've used old cars before that we had to push. Huh? You have to push to start. Do you know it? I don't know. You, you look like rich people, so I don't know whether... It's called what? Skoro skoro. You have to push it to start. Now, you see, one of the things, one of the things you will learn when you are pushing a car and there is not far for to the end of where you can push down. If you don't get a good push and it gets down there, how to come back up and push the skoroskoro again it's going to be a problem you are done for so you got to give yourself fully for this push and if you do it lightly and and you finish and you're now going to push the car back up a hill to start again you realize that you should have given yourself wholly the first time. Yes. One day a man became suddenly rich and prosperous. Yes. I know a man like that in Ghana. And when he became rich and prosperous, he asked, what do I do now that I am so rich? And different people suggested different. Somebody suggested play golf. Another one suggested that he should go for holidays in the Bahamas 
another Caribbean, yes. Another one suggested that he should learn how to ride a, a boat. Others suggested horse riding. Yes, others suggested polo, playing polo. Anything that he feels rich people do. So the man thought about all and said, I'm going to try boat riding or sailing. So he went to the place where the boats were, got a little boat. It's a newly rich man and came to the shoreline. He waved at his friends who had come to see him off and uh, was feeling very happy in his suit. You don't know that you don't use a suit to go to on a boat. But anyway, he got to the bank and here was the bank. Then he put his leg into the boat and as he was saying bye-bye, then the boat moved out and he fell into the water with his suit and his credit card and his money and his wallet and everything. First of all, he should have won that. And he fell into the water and when they finally pulled him out, he was very angry with the person who suggested this boat thing to him. Do you see? So he decided to try something else. That a rich man, like horse riding. And I don't know what happened there. I'm sure he fell down also. But the reason why he did not enjoy his boat sailing was because he had one leg on the land and one leg in the boat and then the boat moved out. You see, the secret to enjoying boat sailing is to have the two legs in. If you try one leg on the land, one leg in, you are going to have a bad experience and you are going to curse it and say, why this thing doesn't work? I should have just gone to the Bahamas for holidays. I should have just gone horse riding. And you see, many things are not working and are not, you are not enjoying because you have one leg in the church, one leg out. When, when you have one leg in the world and one leg in the church, when you come to the church, you don't feel free because you feel guilty. When you go to the world and you are in the club and somebody will say, hey, hi, but I thought you were, what do you call it now? So what, are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. And you are confused. When an old boyfriend or a, boy, a bad boy is calling you to become his, his, what do you call it for the night? Just, he just wants you for one night. Yeah. He just wants to use your vagina for the evening. He just needs it for the evening. After he's used it, he doesn't need it anymore. You can pack your luggage and go. when you come back to the church and there's an A1 brother who looks at you and says, oh, I want, it, I want to be like a dose you. And then somebody may mention about this girl. She told me that I saw her somewhere on the walk of shame. Do you know the walk of shame? You will never be confused from today. And people will not be confused from today as to who you really are. 
One leg in, one leg out. Yes. Some of you have two pastors. One is a lighthouse pastor and then another is a prophet. So you are, all, you are not enjoying the church and you are also not enjoying the prophet. Prophet tells you, bring 40,000, bring 20,000, bring 10,000, bring 50,000, sell your car, sell your house. Hey! Give thyself holy. Give thyself holy. So don't put one leg in the church, one leg into being a shepherd, one leg into, I mean, doing the work, and one leg out. No. It's like this. You go, and, and you are in. Everybody jump inside fully. In Jesus' name. No more one leg out and one leg in. All your two legs are in the church, in the work of God, in the ministry. Jump in the name of Jesus. You may be seated.
purity.